0: Are you in search for a contractor for your next project? Are you unsure about your plans, needs, and wants for this project? Do you need someone who will get back to you? I can tell you that our goal is to better serve you using proper customer service. Here at Dynamic, we continually improve to make every task and process better for you and your home. In a changing world, find a contractor that maintains a foot in the past for customer relations and a foot in the future to improve your biggest investment. Learn more about Dynamic Innovations for your Dynamic Renovations today at dynamicgeneralcontractingltd.com. You're listening to the Prairie Contractor Podcast. everybody, welcome to another episode of the Prairie Contractor Podcast. My name is Kyle Coulomb and I'm the owner of Dynamic General Contracting Limited. And I will be your host this episode. I hope you're all doing well. We've had some good swings in the weather lately. I know my family and I, we've been out playing baseball on the good days. And indoors, we've been learning about gaming on the bad ones. So, carry on this week. Uh, Just a note, we're going to have some some fantastic guests to come. We have uh, people from the flooring industry, home builders, electricians, some great business owners coming through, so uh, stay tuned for that. This week, uh, another mini-episode, I wanted to chat about the value of energy efficiency. I was reading an article about uh, window technology and it actually made a statement saying that 75% of buildings in Europe are actually energy inefficient. And that got me thinking, well, usually Canada is not f- too far off by the European standards. So we're usually kind of towards the end of the learning curve, I would think. But again, like the climate is f- a fair bit different in North America anyways. Coming from uh, the North Pole all the way down to the tip of Mexico, we have a wide array of building practices. So, in my mind, thinking about Canada, on average, we build about 180 new homes each year currently. And I don't believe we really reach the intended energy efficiency standard till about 2014. And to think Canada has about 7.7 million buildings, that likely means that there's probably I would guess maybe five to six million buildings that are still built below energy efficiency standards. So in my mind, there's definitely a uh, demand for renovations right now. But what's the point if you don't make improvements to the actual performance of your home? things like windows and doors or not improving insulation values in walls or uh, spray foaming and air sealing when able or not adding insulation to an exterior remodel so i've definitely encountered a fair bit of of these questions and people questioning the validity of entertaining uh, a better energy standard so what I wanted to chat about quickly are some of the uh, things that I've encountered and ran into and in kind of the standard that I like to use and approach projects when we're designing projects for customers. So uh, starting with uh, Windows now, I it's becoming less and less common, That's which is a very good thing, but in the earlier days of business, people were actually interested interested in the cost difference between dual and triple pane windows now if you were to look at an actual cost comparison uh, it's usually about 10 percent is the difference between dual and triple pane windows but the the benefits and, and performance are drastic especially on extra cold days one thing to note on the performance of windows between a dual and triple pane is condensation and that's a very good indicator of their performance so if you look at a dual pane window, you're going to have ice forming, condensation running all the way up the window, very noticeable energy loss there. And the reason uh, we have condensation form and frosting form at the bottom of the window is simply gravity. Um, Warm air hits the cold window, the water condensates, it runs down to the bottom of the window, freezes there on super cold days, and that's where it collects. You look at a triple pane window you're not going to see any condensation until you probably hit minus 20 25 uh, for extended periods uh, so definitely and on a maintenance standard and protecting your interior finishes the triple pane is highly valued uh, another technology and this was in that article where they were citing how many buildings are inefficient in europe they're actually developing kind of like a transitions coatings, uh, and when I say transitions that's like the glasses that uh, you walk outside and it uh, changes color and the actual compound that they use is called um, uh, vanadium dioxide so what happens is uh, it actually reacts to higher temperatures and uh, the material starts to darken and uh, what they found initially like to try and make coatings to make building windows more energy efficient like either they weren't effective or to get to the quantities that were effective it was just way too expensive but now they've been able to add polymers and nanotechnology and, and essentially just create a film that has this vanadium dioxide and you can apply it to brand new windows there's a kind of like a vinyl film essentially that you can add to old windows. And and what it's going to do is it's going to darken on the super hot days and reduce your thermal gain on the interior of your home or building and and reduced cooling costs drastically. So that's uh, one of the uh, articles I was reading lately and I'm hoping to maybe see that in the future. The latest thing I saw from uh, window manufacturers is a coating that basically... It's like Rain-X, nothing, it doesn't allow water to, or dust to stick to it. It just beads off and your windows stay far cleaner. But moving on now, in a renovation, when you're opening walls in the interior, there's always an opportunity to assess what's in there. So most homes, in my opinion, right up till the late 90s were probably poorly insulated or if they're older non-existent i've even heard of stories of builders uh you know they'll install the insulation in a home and once the inspector has gone through they'll take the insulation out and bring it to the next house and and uh try to save a buck so uh, hopefully there's no builders that do that anymore uh But uh, there are stories or I have seen details where insulation was missed in spots. So it it can happen. Now I've also heard... so uh, a detail that I like to try and incorporate into our builds is when we do open an exterior wall, I like to use uh, R14 insulation. And what that necessarily means is uh, it fits within a 2x4 wall. The old standard used to be R12, uh, but now with new technologies like uh, denser spun fiberglass and uh, rock wool insulation, you can really, you can, you can add a couple points to, your uh, wall assembly essentially and uh what that actually leads me to next is uh the exterior insulation upgrade now the minimum code for uh wall assemblies uh, there's two trains of thought it all depends on actually what kind of energy recovery system you have or it well what you have if, if Or what you do and don't have for an energy recovery system so if you have one your energy your thermal insulation requirements are relaxed a little bit if you have an older home and you have an older furnace they typically want you to increase insulation values just so you're retaining energy better Uh, now so in uh, most cases r20 is adequate if you have an hrv but if you don't have one i believe they want you to have an r22 And I really got to start learning the values for um, metric. Uh, What I'm citing is kind of like the old imperial standard. And most building code comes in the RSI value or metric. So always working to convert that to my imperial brain. Now, uh, poor products that I see and i, I recommend that, that you avoid are usually things like thin foam or bubble wrap upgrade products that people try try to push as being adequate uh, installations but realistically you're spending uh you know six seven hundred dollars on maybe one or two r values now to me it doesn't make sense it's kind of like a, a waste of time and money so uh, my preference is using a uh, polyiso insulation. Now, it was mainly used for commercial roofing applications like slope packages. Uh, commercial buildings are built quite a bit different than residential. A lot of times you see the uh, insulation on the exterior, uh, or f- it feels like the exterior, but uh, it's still kind of the same idea as having the air and vapor barrier on the warm side and then insulation that fills that cavity and then your exterior finish on on the outside uh, it's just done differently now uh, this polyiso, it's it's awesome so like a mere one inch of this foam is worth r7 so uh, when we're using um, r14 on the interior if we're going to be doing an exterior insulation upgrade that's going to bring us up to R, excuse me, R21, which is basically in between the the requirements between a, an HRV and non-HRV home. Uh, even if you don't do interior insulation for the foreseeable future, you're still getting awfully close to R20, and it's, it's a vast improvement. Um, if we can, and the details allow us, a lot of times we'll try and use a, an inch and a half of this polyiso insulation, which just you know helps us exceed the energy the minimum energy efficiency guidelines so and the last item we like to to look into is air sealing now most of the homes pre-2000 don't have the proper detailed vapor barrier or sealed items uh, especially older homes in the 70s uh, and even now uh, i always cite this uh, when we were when i was coming through trade school from uh, you know the 2008s to the 2010s the minimum federal building code was a three-inch lap of vapor barrier over a set. That's all you needed. Now most people build homes to a far better standard for energy efficiency. Like so, most laps are sealed with either an acoustical sealant or building tape the, to help you know prevent air leakage out from out of the uh, conditioned space. Now you won't really, you definitely won't see that in older homes. Usually, it's just. The vapor barrier is a a thin, like, 4 mil. Uh, The new minimum standard is a 6 mil uh, GSB vapor barrier, so it's a lot thinner. The laps are done wrong. The drywall, they're usually smushed one lap the wrong way or or it just wasn't done correctly so now whenever we have a chance when you open a wall we're going to upgrade that to the proper six mil vapor barrier we're going to seal the penetrations that go up into the attic space so things like electrical wires pipes we're going to go and spray foam to ensure like no air is leaking up through that a big one that i've started to try and incorporate into future projects um where say the attic hatch is located in in the renovation space most attic hatches built during that time they they're basically just the opening had maybe some really crappy paneling installed to hold the insulation back a couple two by fours and then uh, the finish the finish carpenter just bit. Built a frame and cased it, and put some really thin gasket around it, and built an attic hatch, and that was basically what was preventing air from going up into your attic. And most of them wore down very quickly, and are a major air leakage spot, in my opinion. So we actually use a factory fabricated attic hatch system, where like it has multiple layers of uh, foam of gaskets and and neoprene uh weather stripping uh they have options for either the garage or the house so either r50 or r40 because r50 is the minimum attic insulation standard they have uh, a nice firm uh, plywood surround so for uh, the tradespeople people that may need to climb in and out of there like there is no worry that uh, you're going to damage anything or the bottom is going to fall out on you uh I really like the hardware that comes with it. There's actually ceiling hardware, so you turn these thumb turns on either end, it basically pulls the gas the the hatch down in in and against the gasket. So very little air leakage, very little worries for that. And they're easy to install, they're easy to finish, they're easy to paint, just just a fantastic product. So Those are just a handful of the things that I've learned and evaluated in advancing our expertise and uh, I'm I'm always going to plan to continue learning about new building products and new standards because they're going to change too. So if we can stay one step ahead of the minimum standard and and provide a very good quality of construction to our clients, it's it's great. I just want to open up, too, to uh, our listeners. If, if they have any ideas, notes, please let me know. I would like to open up the discussion to building details with whoever whoever is interested. Um, but essentially, there you have it. Uh, that is the end of my mini-episode. Make sure you rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. So far, uh, we are still on our website at uh, dynamicgeneralcontractingltd.com. We're under Podbeaten, under the uh, Prairie, Contra- Prairie Contractor Podcast, Google or Apple Podcast, anywhere basically. Well, not anywhere, I shouldn't say. We're on Spotify, but we are on the main platforms anyways, and we're really happy to provide this this these episodes to you, Every week, and we hope to expand our listeners and expand our guests, and and dive deep into the business of construction and uh, renovations for persons looking into getting into the trades. Future customers just to know what they're what they should expect when working with a contractor such as ourselves, or even setting a standard for other contractors. But before I ramble on too long by myself, I will just say, uh, everybody have a good week and stay safe out there. And uh, summer is around the corner, so uh, let's uh, let's get ready for that. Have a good week. We're listening to a dynamic, innovative podcast.